0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Today may be uncomfortable for you as you listen to this broadcast, because I'm going to go into some areas where perhaps you have not looked before. I'm aware that every one of us must make a decision the decision we make in our mind will determine whether we go to heaven or to hell. Now, my interest is not in pleasing you. My interest is in speaking an honest word that confronts you in your sin or in your deadness. I say in your deadness because... I find many Christians as I ask them what are you thinking about they answer oh i'm thinking about some mundane worldly thing or they'll say i'm not thinking at all i'm just i'm just sitting i'm not thinking spaced out dull No life. If you were to ask me, Pastor, what are you thinking? I would immediately open for you what I'm thinking about. There's never a time that my mind is not alive. I don't veg out. I don't just turn off. I'm aware that every thought that goes through my mind is recorded in the heavenly realm. So some of you are going to have okay here's the recording of of Mike's mind. And then suddenly it just goes it goes blank. There's nothing. Well, what happened? <clears throat> he just turned his mind off. He's drifting. I want to talk about this mind issue. Whether you are saved or lost, whether you go to heaven or to hell, will depend on the decision you make in your mind. Now, it is your spirit that controls your mind. And so essentially, you make decisions in your spirit, and that works its way out in your mind. Your hand does nothing involuntarily. There are some actions in your body like breathing that you don't have to think about. But almost everything in the outward realm, we have to make a decision about. And the most important decision you can make is whether you will surrender know whether you will yield to the Holy Spirit or whether you will continue vegging out. A person can say, I'm miserable, but not change. Why? Because in their misery they have a certain level of comfort because they are still in charge of their life and they don't have to submit that to Jesus. If you don't have to submit your life to Jesus, then you're still in control. You're still in charge. And some people go so far as to even commit suicide. Because they would rather die than give up their independence. Not recognizing, of course, that there is no center place of independence for a man or a woman. It is either controlled by the devil and the demonic, or it is controlled by the Holy Spirit. But we have the illusion that we have this space where I'm in charge and I'll make my... No, you're just operating on the devil's terms. You're walking with demonic powers. And I'm concerned because I see some people with, particularly women, who will have a tattoo on their body of the dream catcher maybe recognizing and maybe not recognizing that it's an occult symbol. It's a demonic symbol. I see people who call themselves Christians who are tattooed with dragons. They have submitted themselves to demon powers. I see people who say they're Christian but I see in their eyes a demonic presence because of decisions they've made with their mind that they will open themselves and they will receive what demonic powers want to give them. Remember, we used to have a saying about computers, garbage in, garbage out. Well, today it's garbage in and garbage out in the spiritual life. And many who call themselves Christians have only garbage coming out of their mouths and out of their lives. Anger, bitterness, rancor, gossip, slander, being two-faced, saying one thing to one person and then going behind their back and saying something else to someone else. Those are indicators of a of a demonic spirit operating in the life. I want you to be very conscious. I want you to recognize that you must make very real decisions and act on those decisions. I'm going to go through several scriptures to begin to talk about this today. I'm going to go slow. I'm going to take my time and walk carefully through these issues again this is a very private area and most people do not allow anyone into the inner private sanctum of their heart but jesus is coming and saying please let me into that inner sanctum now what most do not recognize is that Satan already has access to that inner sanctum if you have not surrendered yet to Jesus Christ. And he will order your life according to his will, according to his Spirit's presence in you, and in the end, he will destroy you. So let's look at several passages of Scripture. The first is found in Matthew, the 15th chapter, some context. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law have come to Jesus, to Jesus from Jerusalem, and they're asking, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Why don't why don't they wash before they eat in the ceremonial way? And Jesus answers, You break the command of God for the sake of your tradition. Could I put it another way? For the sake of your habits. You have your ways about you. You have what you believe is important for you to do. You have your traditions. You also have the places you like to go. You have your religious traditions. Foolish ones, but religious traditions. Jesus then speaks this word to them. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. This is Matthew 15, verse 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but the rules taught by men. With our outward lips, we say, We're Christians. We love Jesus. But they worship in vain because the heart is far from God. It's just a ritual. Jesus calls the crowd to him and he begins to speak to them. He says, What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth that is what makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this from you? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, they are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into the pit. Peter said, Explain. Are you so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But these things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and they make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes... And now he begins to identify the garbage that begins to flow out of a man's heart because of the garbage he's put in himself. Evil thoughts. Murder. Adultery. Sexual immorality. Theft. False testimony. Slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. Now, again, our thinking, that's what makes us unclean. But we like our thoughts. Some of you have deliberately made arrangements for sexual immorality. you living with someone you're not married to. It's a small thing to you. But it makes you unclean. Some of you have evil thoughts. Thoughts of revenge. Thoughts of bitterness. It makes you unclean. Murder. Jesus said, anger. Being angry with your brother, you've already murdered him. Anger and bitterness are deadly. They are They are what make you filthy and dirty. Theft, false testimony, lying, in other words, slander, speaking against someone behind their back, that's slander. These are what make a man or a woman unclean. So in other words, what flows out of us is coming out of our mind. And it results in actions. And those actions result in being utterly unclean before God. And in that unclean state, we go to hell when we die. In chapter 12 of the book of Romans, he continues, the apostle Paul does, this discussion about what makes a man unclean and what cleanses him chapter 12 verse 1 therefore i urge you brothers in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices if you remember the the old testament or the old covenant sanctuary in the desert as you come to the front entrance to that tent of meeting, the first place that you come is an altar of burnt offering. You had to cut the throat of your animal. It would be bled out. And then that body would be placed on that altar of burnt offering. But Paul is saying You must yourself be placed on that altar of burnt offering. That you yourself must die to self. You must be born from above. And you must be placed on that altar of burnt offering. This is the first requirement before you can even begin to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord. He says holy and pleasing to God. That is, when you offer yourself in this unlimited way and you yield yourself to God, he says, this is your spiritual act of worship. We think of, as I listened to a very large mega church in the Washington metro area this past Sunday, they were streaming live, I watched their praise and worship service. It was mechanical. There was no real presence of the Holy Spirit. It was just the banging of the drums and the guitars and people trying to sing songs that really didn't praise Jesus. They thought that was their spiritual act of worship. But it wasn't their spiritual act of worship to God. In fact, I suspect he found the whole spectacle ugly. Spiritual act of worship is to lay my life down on that altar of burnt offering and utterly surrender my inner life to Jesus. Now, as I've talked to people about this, It's been very discouraging to me to have them just clam up and not talk. Oh, they'll talk if the conversation is about something secular, if the conversation is about something mundane. But they don't want to talk about the deep inner life. They don't want to reveal what their hearts are really about. Because that spiritual act of worship is not yet complete in their life. He says, verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this age. Well, this age is spaced out, vegged out, drugged out, worked out. The spirit of this age is... Hiddenness, lack of vulnerability, lack of thought. He says, but be transformed, and that word is metamorphosed in the Greek. Be metamorphosed, that is, to appear as a new person with new habits with new worship, with new service, be a new person, a radical change through and through. It's a complete change, both outward, but also inward. That inward change where now I begin to have the mind of Christ. I now begin to live out of my inner spirit, that has been given over to Jesus Christ. And then it says, this happens by the renewing of your mind. That word renewing in the Greek can also very easily mean, and and does mean renovation. Have you ever lived through a renovation of your house? (laughs) Where they come in and and spackle all of the all the nails that have popped they come in and repair the cracks any holes in the wall maybe they have to put up or take down a wall or put up a wall the drywall spackling and taping and the dust flying everywhere. And so now we have to put up plastic barriers to try to keep the dust out of the rest of the house. But it's impossible because the dust goes everywhere and it's, it's tracked everywhere and the house is a mess. It's not easy to live through renovation. It's a messy process. Well, the renovation of your mind is going to be a messy process too. Because you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work, to totally change who you are, what your what your desires are, what you want, what you don't want, what you like, what you don't like. Everything changes. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. It changes the way we think. And most of us were raised thinking we ought to be somebody special. No, I'm not anybody special. We've been raised to believe that we should have high self-esteem. No, I don't want any self-esteem. I want to esteem Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I don't want to esteem Ray Greenley. I don't want people to fawn over me. I don't want people to say, oh, you're a wonderful preacher, pastor. Now, go away. Let Christ renovate your mind. Let him change who you are. Let him humble your heart before God. You won't be able to know what God's will is in your life until this process has taken place. Now, there's another passage that we need to look at. It's found over here in Philippians. Philippians, the fourth chapter. I'm going to begin reading for you in verse 4. This is Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 4. Just a bit of context. The Apostle Paul is in prison. He's in chains. He does not know if he will be executed It could be at any moment that they come for him and simply behead him. And in time, that's exactly what's going to happen to the Apostle Paul. He will be executed for his testimony that Jesus Christ is Lord. Please, I I want you to just stop a moment and, and listen carefully. What I'm talking about is not a game. What I'm talking about today is what goes on in your mind. How you use your mind. Some of you, your mind is filled with sexual impurity. with You've so many years followed the pornography and it flashes in your mind constantly. Some of you are just Eagerly desiring to make money, to be somebody. Ambition just eats you up. You, you want money. Gold fever. Some of you just want to be happy. And you're pursuing happiness with all of your might. One very wealthy uh, CEO of a company not a Christian. He said to me, Pastor Ray, what's the secret of being happy? He said, I am not a happy person and I'd like to be happy. How do I change so that I can be happy? Of course, he did not want to talk to me about Jesus. So I gave him another answer an answer that would lead him to Jesus if he pursued it. I said, forget about yourself and focus on helping other people and loving other people because happiness is a byproduct. It's not something you search after and find. Now, real happiness is found in the person of Jesus Christ because he comes and fills that dark cold hole in our heart. But I want to read for you this this passage out of Philippians where the apostle Paul is facing even death. Chapter 4 verse 4 Philippians Rejoice in the Lord always. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. And then he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of all peace will be with you. Now, it's, it's plain out of this passage. He's saying, don't put garbage in your mind. Don't fill your mind with violence, with lust, with ambition with lies don't fill your mind with double mindedness with being wishy washy don't fill your mind with accusations against someone behind their back people will always come and they'll say pastor do you know about this and I just shut them down I don't want to know about it. I'm not going to put that junk in my heart and in my mind. Thank you, but I don't want to hear about that. My mind is stayed on Jesus Christ. If the Lord wants me to deal with something, he's going to tell me about it, and he's going to have me deal with it. But my mind is on Jesus. Jesus... Is pure. He's lovely. He's admirable. He is excellent. He is praiseworthy. Think about such things. Now, I want to become very specific. I want to try to help you today to know exactly in concrete terms what I'm talking about. But first, I'm going to read for you 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. And I'm going to begin in verse 16. 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. I'll begin in verse 16. Be joyful always. Pray continually or in the king james version pray without ceasing how can i pray without ceasing it's not hard once you've surrendered yourself to jesus christ you have to take charge of your mind You don't let your mind just wander wherever it wants to wander. You bring your mind to Jesus. You bring your mind to holiness. You bring your mind to the scriptures. You fill yourself with holiness. You fill yourself with Jesus. I was raised, much to my father's consternation, by my mother encouraging me to read at the library and then bringing home an armload of novels. And so I would read the novels. You know what the word novel means? It means a lie. Novels are lies. They're not true. They're imagination. And so I would read these novels, The Hardy Boys, when I was just a little guy, then Louis L'Amour, Zane Gray, because I was raised in the West. And then I got into other novels, more sophisticated novels. What did they do for me? Well, they fired up my imagination, that's for sure. Sure. They also opened many doors of darkness that, as an adult, I had to close. I had to take my collection of novels, some quite valuable. I loaded them in garbage bags and took them out and threw them in the garbage truck and said, I'm finished with you. I stopped reading the novels. Why? Because I did not want to fill my mind with the imaginations of wickedness, of violence, of intrigue. I didn't want to fill my mind with lifestyles that are against the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you are hooked on romance novels. They're evil. You know that but they fire your imagination and they satisfy some longing in your heart. But they're evil. And if you follow some, they will take you straight into witchcraft. Some of you gave your children Harry Potter to read, not knowing that you were teaching them and interesting them In witchcraft, they are pure evil. The author of those volumes confessed that she did not write them. They were dictated to her. They were evil. Some of you have been very drawn in by The Course in Miracles, Dr. Jampolsky and other writers, humanistic writers, and they have drawn you into dark realms. And then some of you have just flat out gone after the movies and the volumes, dealing with werewolves and other demonic creatures vampires and you filled your heart and your mind with these things some of you have eagerly gone after the marvel movies the super figure models superman and and other wickedness spider-man these are just evil they are not of jesus they are not of light they're of darkness So you fill your mind and your heart, and then you veg out. And your mind goes blank, because you have filled it full of every evil thing. And that evil that you have sucked in will move in your soul and your spirit, and out will come uncleanness unclean language, unclean attitudes, you will be seduced into the demonic. I am very frank. I am seeing increased levels of demonic oppression among American people. And soon it will become, for many, full demonic possession Why? Because you've played with wickedness. You filled your heart with every piece of crap. I mean that word. Every piece of unclean filth from the devil. You have filled your heart with this. And now you're drawn into drugs, into marijuana, Cocaine, alcohol, cigarettes, a whole lifestyle of utter uncleanness. I am seeing increasing numbers of people getting sick and dying at a young age because they have filled their life, their body, their soul, and their spirit with utter wickedness. And then they die. And they're hell bound. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter, Be joyful always. Pray continually without ceasing. In other words, constantly lifting up your mind in praise and thanksgiving to Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is god's will for you in christ jesus do not put out the spirit's fire do not treat prophecies with contempt test everything hold on to the good avoid every kind of evil may god himself the god of peace sanctify you that is make you holy through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it now very quickly i want to walk through five specific things to help you get your mind clear washed by the blood of jesus and filled with joy and life and happiness. Number one, be grateful. Open your prayer time with praise and thanksgiving to Jesus. Open your heart to him wide open, and praise him and worship him. Lord God, maker of heaven and earth, I worship you. You are the almighty. You are everything to me. I love you, Jesus. Open your heart and praise him. Worship him. Number two, get real. Get real. Stop playing church. Stop playing church and Christian. And be one, a real one. Get real with God. Tell him every part of the hidden part of your soul. You realize God is recording everything for the day of judgment that you are thinking in your mind. And saying in your mind. That transcript will be presented at the judgment bar of God. Are you ready to face that? Now you can ask for forgiveness. You can turn from those wicked thoughts. You can give them into the hand of Jesus. But it's time to get real. It's time to confess honestly what we're thinking and what we're feeling. Avoid Number three, avoid consuming this world's trash. Turn the television off. Turn the videos off. Turn the TikToks off. Turn the Instagram off. Turn the Facebook off. Turn it all off. Read the scriptures. Fill fill your mind. Fill your heart with that which is clean. Seeing the power of God moving in the hearts and minds and lives of people, seeing the result of their wickedness, and you don't want that result, so let the scripture cause you to repent and to be real with God. Number four. Lift your heart to God. Lift your heart to God. I woke up this morning after a very sound night's rest. And of course, I did what everybody does. I got up and headed for the bathroom. But my mind was not blank. I was already praising Jesus and saying, Lord, you've given me another day to serve you. Thank you. I worship you. I honor you. You're everything to me. Please put your thoughts in me. Put your direction in me. Cause me to live for you today. And on and on as I opened my mind to Jesus. I made coffee this morning. What was I thinking about while I made the coffee? I was thinking about how wonderful and how glorious Jesus is. As I sat and began to drink my coffee, what was I thinking about? Lord, you've called me to do another broadcast today. Would you come and give me the words that you want me to say? Will you put your joy in my heart? Would you change me? Would you make me holy through and through? And so the conversation goes. And then there are some times when I just I just stop. And I say, Lord, do you want to say anything to me today? And then I go pick up the scriptures and I begin to read and meditate on the Word of God and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? What needs to be what needs to be done today? And suddenly I begin to hear very specific things He wants me to do, people He wants me to talk to things that I'm not taking care of yet. I'd forgotten about my gas bill for my house. I've not received a, a paper gas bill for about four months, and every month I call and I ask them, would you please send me a paper bill? Then I know how much I owe. It was due the 14th of July, as I found out when I called them. But it wasn't absolutely due yet then. So I paid it online, and they assured me that they would send me a paper bill after four months of not doing so. Well, as I'm doing all of that, in the back of my heart, my mind, I'm saying, Lord, thank you for giving me the money today to pay this gas bill. And thank you, Lord, for alerting me that I needed to take action and get this bill taken care of. Because normally, as soon as a bill comes, if the money's there, I pay it. If it's not, I wait for a bit until the money comes as I pray for that. And then I pay for it. I said, Lord, thank you. Mighty is your name. And so I took care of that but in the midst in the background of that my mind is set on Jesus Christ. I don't forget Jesus when I'm going about my daily activities. I don't forget about Jesus when I'm taking care of even financial business like paying the bills. I don't I don't ever leave the throne room of God in my mind and in my heart. That is my abiding place. I abide in Jesus, John, the 15th chapter. So I'm not going to go abide in some foolish novel. I'm not going to go abide in some wicked movie. I'm not going to go abide in some unclean relationship. I'm going to abide day by day in the presence of, of jesus christ i am in him and he is in me now the last one give up all worry to worry is to not believe jesus and his word it means you haven't filled your heart and mind enough with jesus so go get full of jesus give up fear give up give up disappointment give up anger give up everything into the hands of Jesus and let him fill you to utter fullness with the joy of the lord walk in peace with Jesus Christ be transformed by a total a total reformation a total reformation of your mind Now, we're almost out of time for today's broadcast. I hope this has been helpful for you. We have a person who is saying, pray for my health. Please help me. Help me pray. Thank you and God bless you. Yes, I don't want to name this person, but I will pray for them. Lord, this precious person is asking for prayer for her health and that you would help her pray Lord I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would bind the sickness that is assaulting this believer that you would bring her out of all darkness that you would bring her into the light Jesus that you would fill her with your presence right now Lord would you remove all fear from her heart all unbelief, we bind it in the name of Jesus and we bind the sickness in the name of Jesus and say, be gone, be gone. Lord, we praise you and we honor you and we glorify your mighty name. And Lord, there are others today also who are desperate for your presence, but they've been filling their mind with Thoughts of unbelief and anger and bitterness. They've been filling their minds with fear. Lord, would you cause them to empty their mind out before you in prayer and to allow you to fill them with a word of comfort out of the scriptures. Lord, would you cause them to be joyful today and to cry out before you that you will meet the cry of their heart. Lord, thank you. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. Well, that's it for today's broadcast. Thank you for listening. We're coming up to the end of the month. If you'd like to help cover the cost of this broadcast, if you think it needs to go out, then I ask, would you give? You can give by going to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, National prayerchapel.com or you can write to me directly I'd love getting letters from you National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge Virginia 22195 Again it's Pastor Ray Greenley National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 23 46 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 or nationalprayerchapel.com My brother, my sister, think on these things. Turn your heart toward Jesus and ask him to control your mind. Stop vegging out. Stop spacing out stop daydreaming. Get real with Jesus and he'll get real with you. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.